Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tab, along with my co-host Kendra Petroni. Today we place the spotlight on a local educator. Her name is Kristen Perone. She is an award-winning teacher and literacy coach in Grafton who has a simple message that it's never too late to chase your dreams. She went back to school as a single mom at the age of 32 and got her first teaching job at the age of 43. She now helps struggling readers strengthen their skills by building on their interests and strengths in unique and fun ways. Kristen also balances the demands of family with four grown daughters and five grandchildren. She's with us this morning to talk about her career milestones, weathering the pandemic, and her passion for learning. Good morning, Kristen. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Kendra and Sue. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm really happy to be here. It's a great honor, so thank you so much. Oh, we're so happy to have you. So you didn't start teaching until you were 43. You were married young. You had kids. You didn't go back to school for some time, but you found your passion and you chased it. Talk about how you got started and how teaching happened for you. Okay, great. Well, as you said, I had my first child very young at 19. And I stayed home with my first two sets of kids. So once my youngest was off to school, I decided I need to do something that would be kind of rewarding and meaningful to me. So I got a job as a one-on-one aide for a child with autism in the Wayland Public Preschool. And that was really a life-changing event for me. I just discovered that I had a real passion, that I loved to work with these kids, And I love to try to find ways to um, make sure that they felt like an important member of the class and that they, in fact, were an important member of the class. I loved having the challenge of of having the kids uh, make friends. This particular child was really nonverbal, so it was really uh, a challenge and fun, and we were successful. He was able to make lots of friendships, and really it was such a rewarding experience. I decided to go back to school and get my master's in special education so that I could be the actual special ed teacher rather than just the one-on-one aide. And as a side note, I didn't even know how important this would be because later on, my oldest daughter, when she had her three children, all three of them have autism. They're very high-functioning, but it was really kind of serendipitous that I already had all of this good background knowledge and understanding on ways to 
um, help them and to help them not only just be successful, but to be themselves and to help them shine. So that was just kind of interesting that I had all that background and there was really a separate reason to have that. So that was great. Um, after that, I was a special ed teacher, K to two for about 10 years in Grafton. And I just love to teach these little guys how to read and made sure it was like interactive and fun. I used lots of hands-on materials. And because you, you can imagine, you know, when it's hard for you to learn how to read, you can get frustrated. It can seem very boring and hard. So I used lots of things like paint and games and things like that. But also um, when the iPads came out that first year, way back when, I was part of the iPad pilot program here in Grafton and I was able to use different apps to really engage the kids. And this was brand new at the time. So an example would be if you were learning how to, you know, make your letters or know what the letters were or the sounds, we would find apps where the kids could select the materials on the app to trace the letters such as ketchup or shaving cream or paint or anything. It was really lots of choices and lots of fun, and the kids found that feedback really great. So that's just an example of ways to try to make it fun and one of my big things is to use technology and in I, an effective way. I know, Kristen, sure. too, um, that the pandemic obviously created huge challenges for all of us, but not many yeah. were as difficult as for our teachers. Yeah. I know that you were really instrumental. You helped create a program in Grafton that was held up as a model during the shutdown yeah. to other districts. Um, no, you were the true. Remote Learning Academy coordinator. Talk about that. You just referenced your use of technology and resources mm -hmm. to create a positive learning environment. Talk about what that was like, what that process was like. Okay, great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times when we hear about the pandemic shutdown, a lot of people really focus on the challenges. And believe me, there were many challenges. And But I, I, I really feel that it was a time of innovation in Grafton and it was really rewarding. So when I look back on that time, even though obviously there are many negatives and challenges and just a scary time in this world, we were doing things that really did make a difference and really did bring, like you say, a lot of great technology into the Grafton system. Um, so we used the technology in order to sort of try to create connection and try to create like a classroom environment. So mm -hmm. the first thing we had to do is we had to pick, you know, tools that would help us to accomplish that. So before school even started, we had to train all the teachers on Zoom and Google Slides mm -hmm. and, you know, video creation tools and ways to create the classroom in a way that all the kids could kind of have a, a voice, even though normally if you're together on Zoom, everybody's muted. We all know that. <laughs> Time where people had to be muted oh, and yes. unmuted to speak and all that. <laughs> Everybody mm -hmm. can identify with that. Yep. But um, we also had to find ways where the kids didn't feel muted so that they could talk in a way that was organized so we could all hear each other and get to know each other while we're working. So we used tools like one of the greatest things, I think, from the pandemic is the use of Flipgrid. If you're not an educator, you might not know, but the teacher sort of creates the classroom and, has, you know, poses a question or an assignment, and every student has an ability to create their own video, and it sort of shows up, and it looks like a classroom, and you see every mm -hmm. student. And they have their voice, and then their friends can then make a video to comment back or just text back, 
And it really creates this community where everybody is getting to know each other just as you would if you were in class. You know, instead of feeling isolated, we had found ways to create like a classroom environment while they're there isolated in their homes. So that was really rewarding and important, I think. One follow-up question to that. Do you feel like the kids, at least in your experience, have caught up, like that they're, they're where they should be or that there are still sort of lingering effects of some of that time? I think it depends. I think people don't tend to talk about the lingering effects, but as far as our data, and I obviously only really look at the literacy data in my role, we don't see a big um, a big difference. We really were able to maintain, uh, that might be different in different districts, but we really, we had the teachers spending time with students, like a lot of other districts, some districts, not just in Massachusetts, but they just did like asynchronous, gave assignments, and they really didn't have that experience. We tried to closely model what would happen if they were here, and we tried to make sure they had small group differentiated instruction, and so it really wasn't that big of an impact here in Grafton. I can only speak to the literacy, though. Kristen, I just wanted to add that I have, I have three young children under 12, and I have two boys also on the autism spectrum. And I just wanted to say, as I'm listening to you talk about the innovative ways that technology helped without that technology and without the flexibility of that technology, my kids would have been totally lost because they are so used to in-person, one-on-one, hand-over-hand learning. Those videos, those little videos where they could feel like they were equally a part of the classroom made a huge difference for them. You know, they were struggling to kind of adapt to what was happening. And that was such an important part of them getting through those two years. So thank you for that. Because as a mom, I I mean, I'm not a teacher and I'm, Sue knows, I'm definitely not qualified to be a teacher. So (laughs) I was struggling and figuring out how to get them involved in the classroom. So thank you. You know, you, a lot of you became innovators and problem solvers, and that is so important to parents like us. So I imagine you learned a lot, you know, what's possible when people work together in situations like that, right? Definitely. Yes. It was, um, you know, not to downplay, I tend to focus on the positives and there were so many great things like you just highlighted, but you know, some teachers are more tech savvy. It was easier for them. Mm -hmm. Others, long hours of trying to figure out how to make these connections and how to do this. So not to downplay anybody's challenges, but, you know, I just do want to highlight there were some great things too. Well, if you're just waking up and tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. And we're talking with Kristen Perrone. She's an award-winning teacher and literacy coach in Grafton who has a simple message. It's never too late to chase your passion. This everyday hero and literacy champion got her first teaching job at 43 and has created an engaging learning environment for her students using games and technology to bolster their skills. Let's get back to our conversation. Kristen, you've won numerous awards, including the Everyday Hero Award that comes right from the families of your students and the Literacy Mm -hmm. Champion from the State Department of Education. And as a part of that, I know you worked on the Mass Literacy website. How is that website helpful? Who uses it? What resources are available on it? Tell us about that. Okay, great. Yes, that was a real honor to be um, getting that Literacy Champion selection. Um, There were 35 of us that worked with the Department of Ed and all the literacy experts, all the gurus uh, were obviously involved in making sure that all the information was the absolute top notch. So it is a place, the Mass Literacy website, where teachers can go and they are empowered with 
the most current evidence-based um, information so they can be the best teachers that they can be. You know, a lot of times, teachers, you get your degree, you get your training, you get your mentor, but sometimes you still feel like, I'm still not really feeling equipped. So, you know, the Department of Ed decided to create this amazing resource. We're very lucky to have this here in Massachusetts. So it's very teacher um, sort of friendly. There are nice sections for them to navigate. They can find out about the components of a literacy block, you know, the best practice. They can find out about skills for early reading. They can find out what to do with students that are really struggling with their reading. They can learn about the multi-tiered system of support. So what to do at the tier one as a teacher and what the other tiers, like if a student's not really making the gains they need in the classroom, what else can you do? How can you instruct in small group? What's the best practice? What's the, you know, all different <clears throat> support. There are videos from reading gurus that really sort of give them the background and the research. And then there are also clickable links for evidence-based activities. So it's sort of everything the teacher needs, and it's very in-depth. It's kind of like a rabbit hole. You can start at the surface, and as you go deeper and deeper, you're going to just be building that teacher toolkit. And it's really just an amazing resource that we're very lucky to have here in Massachusetts. How do you find that? Is there a link? It's a math literacy website. So if they just Google math literacy, it comes up. Okay. They'll, they'll go right there, yeah. And it's very easy to navigate, like I said, very teacher-friendly. Awesome. We'll put a link on our website as well on magic1067.com. That's awesome. So, Kristen, you're also on the board of a new nonprofit called The Reading Circuit. What is that? Yeah. What's their mission, and why is that so important to you personally? Okay. This is new. Uh, the Reading Circuit, um, the board member, Leandra Elian, is actually an amazing person, too. <laughs> Exceptional woman, and so is Lisa Rice. <laughs> the three of us are on the board, and we have two other directors. And really the purpose is to, similar to what the mass literacy um, goal is, is to provide PD or professional development for teachers, not only in Massachusetts, but in this country and beyond. Uh, as I mentioned, Leandra Elian, who was really the brainchild and the person who started the reading circuit, uh, is from South Africa. So that's one of the first things we did is we partnered with some, a school in South Africa and really helped them with their vision for creating, you know, literate students. And um, that's really exciting because it's, you know, it's new, but we're going to provide PD um, across the country. One of the things we're working on right now is we have a Trailblazer Award. Anybody out there that knows a teacher that is doing really innovative things uh, related to the science of reading, you can nominate them as a trailblazer, and we are going to highlight them and give them award and have them onto our Facebook Live where they can share all the great work that they're doing. So it's kind of like what you're doing, highlighting people. It doesn't have to be just a woman. It could be any teacher that is doing something innovative so that we can kind of spread the word as part of our mission that's to sort awesome. of um, engage everybody in the science of reading. Yeah. So. I want to switch gears a little bit to your home life. <laughs> I know you mm -hmm. have uh, four grown daughters who I love that yes. you refer to them as strong women. <laughs> All yes. of them have had a great measure of success. Your oldest yes. is actually a children's musician. 
Uh, yes. Your youngest is an Insta-famous artist, as you call her, with over 200,000 <laughs> yes. followers. One is a yes. restaurant owner <laughs> up in Portland. You've got a paralegal. Yes. What do you attribute their success to, and what have you learned from them? I learned so much from them. I mean, they are amazing women who just inspire me every day. They're all very strong. I would say the the thing that I thought was important, very similar to my teaching ideas, is that find out what people are interested in, what their strengths are, what they're passionate about, and then just sort of foster that. So, you know, I think sometimes parents get, you know, thinking, I need to make sure my child gets into, like, the top schools or something that is kind of traditionally thought of as successful. I, I don't really attribute, I don't really go for that. I sort of think... What are you interested in? What do you care about? And then I found it was my job to just really help them foster that. So, like, for example, my oldest daughter has always been into music, so I just always made sure she had all, of it, all sorts of instruments and all sorts of support and interest. Same thing with my daughter, who is an artist. Just, you know, I could see that she loved that. Just make sure she has her materials and make her feel that that's a great idea. Being an artist is wonderful. You know, I think a lot of times people think like, oh, don't be an artist. You won't make any money. Mm-hmm. I just really focus on what is your passion and then just support them and just build them up to follow their dreams. You know, that's what my basic philosophy is. Kristen, I know you're an empty nester as well as Sue, and I know someday <laughs> it'll get there for me. I'm deep in the weeds right now. But, you know, you've picked yes. up a new hobby, painting. Yeah. Can you, can you yeah. talk a little bit about that? I mean, I, I'm glad to know that it's never too late to learn a new skill. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I feel like, you know, as women, sometimes we fall into a trap that we, we do so much for so many. We're always mm-hmm. giving, and I know that I can be guilty of that. And sort of think about others and make sure they're all okay. But I found as it was time for me to, I found myself not being a mom on a regular daily basis, even though you're always a mom, but then they're not there in the house. Mm -hmm. Um, I just thought, wow, you know, what can I do that's beyond my passion, which is my job, something different that is just for me. And I always secretly wanted to be a painter, but I don't know why I never tried it. I did try it like once three years ago with my artist daughter, and I, I don't know why. It just hit me wrong. I didn't like it at all. I tried it that one time. I was like, no, nope, I thought I wanted to be a painter, but no. <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, it just hit me. Once she left, I just had a lot of extra time to devote to something that I wanted to care about just for myself. So I picked up painting and I it just hit me and I just love it. I paint every day for a couple hours, even if I'm, you know, watching TV or just making that special dedicated time. And I can't tell you how much I love it and how much joy it gives me. You're pretty good at it, too. You included when we um, emailed each other. Earlier in the week, yeah. you included um, one of your images of your paintings, and it's good. Yes. What do you do with your paintings? Are they just for you personally? You're going to try to sell them? Well, um, right now, I'm in the process of um, making them into like greeting cards. Oh, cool. and stickers, say, yeah. like big stickers that can go on like hydroflask, magnets. I have a little booth it, off the Common in Grafton. 
And normally I would just like paint furniture and stuff, but now I'm getting into like doing something with my art and seeing where that goes just for my creative outlet. Yeah, I, I love say, that. Yeah, do it. Open up an Etsy. Let's go. I Let's know. get yeah. on there. <laughs> I love this because your overall message to women is that it's never too late. And as you say, I mean, it's never too late to change course and, yeah. and pick up another career like you did, but it's also never too yeah. late to pick up a hobby or yes. a passion that's maybe been dormant for a while and you haven't done right. it since, you know, before kids or whatever. Um, yes. And I love that. So you say, you know what? It's never too late. You can be anything mm-hmm. you want to be and you need mm-hmm. to believe in in yourself. I want to yes. know who your cheerleaders are, who has supported you along the way and how important it is to have that strong circle of support. My cheerleaders, yes. My Just my family, my mom, my dad, who's now passed away, um, and also, my kids are big cheerleaders. They are, they are so in my corner at all times, just like I'm in their corner. Even my my grandchildren, they're so cute. They are always building me up. Uh, they always called me Nana, but one of them started calling me the Queen. <laughs> oh, I, was, I like that. Like, oh, queen. I'm like, okay, nice. I'll go with this. <laughs> so they're always building me up, too. It goes both ways. Kristen, what's the most rewarding thing about being a teacher? It's definitely a special passion, and I believe only certain people are able to do it, and you're one of them. What's been the most rewarding thing, and what's been the most challenging? I just absolutely find it so rewarding when I have a child who is frustrated, who maybe is behavioral, and it's not because they just don't know how to interact. It's because they're frustrated. And to take that child and to make a connection, to let them know, hey, we're going to do this together. We're going to do it in a fun way. And when it all comes down and they're successful and they learn how to read, that's going to unlock their future. And when that happens, I just, I, I could get choked up thinking about it because that's so rewarding to me. Mm-hmm. Anything you wish before we close that you could tell your 19-year-old self? I would just tell her, you know, hold hold the course. It's all Mm going to be okay. Because at the time, you know, I did feel kind of bad. But I was at Northeastern after one semester I left, and I felt like, wow, what's going to happen to me? Am I going to be able to be successful? And just to know that, you know, keep following your dreams. It's all going to be okay. It doesn't matter if you're a late bloomer. It's all going to be for the best as long as, you know, you follow your dreams. Yeah. I always say it's not a sprint. It's a long journey Mm -hmm. with many many twists and turns. (laughs) Yes, so true. (laughs) Thank you, Kristen, for being in the spotlight today on Exceptional Women. Your work is so important and you are making a huge difference in so many students' lives. We applaud your career. We thank you for sharing so much of your insight today. And of course, we wish you continued success in the future. Thank you so much, Kendra and Sue. I appreciate you so much. We talk with celebrities and CEOs, but we're also interested in talking with your neighbors, coworkers, and friends who are quietly making an impact in their communities. Go to magic1067.com and email us if you have someone you'd like us to feature on the show. And follow us on Instagram at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. We'd love to hear from you and be sure to join us every Sunday morning for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 